Hello and welcome to the Potato Chip Podcast. The excellent sounds of the Matoid. Probably the greatest Finnish band that I've ever heard of. I thought we're going to start a little bit of music, something just to chill out to for a moment. Because it's quite late at night and I've been working all day and I'm a bit knackered, and music is good. So every now and then, you know, not bad chuck with tunes on. Let's skip that down a bit now. I guess you just can't pull your lady down. Okay. I was thinking about what would be something really worthwhile talking about tonight. And the thing that jumped into my head was okay, if someone starting a new business, let's say you know, you're starting a shoe shop or you're going into a service of some stage. Let's say you're a graphic designer or you want to be a freelance photographer or you want to be a freelance writer, you know. Let's say you want to be operating as your own boss, offering a service for someone else. Let's keep it the most basic level possible there. The one thing which a lot of young people, and certainly me when I started, have no idea about because, you know, it's like when someone asks you for experience, you have no experience until you get it. It's how do you value yourself? In other words... What are you going to set as your price? You know, if you if you get someone and you're talking to them, a potential client, um, and there's a service that you're pitching to them, there's going to come a, a stage in that conversation where they're going to be asking you, okay, so how much are your services? And if you've never done that before, if you've never actually worked out, well, how do I value what I'm actually selling to this person? It can be a really awkward thing, and it can be a little bit nerve-wracking, especially if you're you know, young and new and trying to work out what it is that you're trying to do. It can be really nerve-wracking. I've just kept the Matoid on in the background here at a low volume because, you know, that's a good song. We'll let it play out. The thing to remember is this. You're not selling time. You're selling value. I can't emphasize that anymore. And I had no idea about thinking about it that way until someone actually told me. You know, I was... The first, um, I'll give you an idea. I'll tell you what my first experience was because that's a, a good way to sort of being able to, sort of, you know, reference yourself and then how I progressed from there. And, and, and I'll tell you the exact rates that I charged. So the first job that I did inside of my own business, um, just as, you know, a contractor writing out algorithms and that sort of stuff, um, sounds more difficult than it is. So the thing about it is someone who's developing spreadsheets for a business so they don't have to pay someone to do it themselves. Um, so the first thing uh, that I did was uh, for a group that owned a lot of restaurants. And I went in to, you know, quote them how long it would take me to do the work. And I said, oh, it'll probably take me... Um, you know, it's three, four weeks, say so four weeks um, to be safe. And I charge it at an hourly rate of 
and I was, I, I had no idea previously leading up to this meeting how much I would charge. So I wanted to be paid more essentially than I was getting paid if I was working in a bar. That's how I referenced it. Being someone with no experience, not knowing what I was doing, that is how I referenced it. So in a bar, I was being paid $25 an hour or something like that, um, give or take. So I said $45 an hour. I was going to go in and say 50 and then I for some reason came in the last minute by, um, by five bucks and I ended up saying $45 an hour. And... I thought that, you know, then, then we had this kind of, there was this moment where I remember thinking to myself, oh, you know, are you going to say no? Say yes, please. They said yes, of course, straight away. Because what I didn't realize was, is I completely undervalued myself by a lot of money. Because what I didn't factor in, you know, I, I went, I was so caught up in my own head about my lack of experience at the time. But what I didn't factor in was the value that I was going to be bringing these people in what the knowledge that I was giving them would end up saving them in another element of their business. Now, that's an important way of thinking about it because I wasn't thinking about it at all that way. So, you know, however much money they ended up saving or, or whatever through uh, the using of the algorithms I wrote, I don't know what that exact number was, but I guarantee you it was significant enough that had I had more confidence, had I felt like I could own my product better, I could have charged a lot more. So that's the lesson there. Don't think about it as time, which is how I thought about that. I didn't have the confidence to be able to say a number that I'd rather say. And so my suggestion was this measly $45 an hour, which to a lot of people is a lot of money. To me at the time, when I said it and I was walking home, I felt like, oh, God, this is the start of something really cool. Like, you know, I've, I've actually created a business here. Well, you know, all I did was register an NBN. Um, sorry, an ABN, NBN. <laughs> I registered the National Broadband <laughs> Network. I registered an ABN, um, which, you know, if you're American viewers, is the Australian version of, uh, you know, just registering yourself as a business. I wouldn't, well, you, you wouldn't call it an LLC, um, but you know, you're effectively registering yourself to be a private contractor and you're going to be taxed accordingly. And so that's how I organized. And that's how I was so excited going home. And I was like, oh, yes. Yeah, and I was doing this maths in my head, like, oh, if I work, you know, 50 hours and get paid $45 an hour, I can make a lot of money every week, you know, and so forth. But the problem was that. What I didn't take into account is when, you write, when you're working for yourself as a contractor on an hourly rate, you need to amortize all the what-ifs. So I didn't think about, well, in that rate that I'm quoting, I should be thinking about you know amortized sick leave throughout the year. I should be thinking about amortized allocations for you know the things I'm going to need to buy to run the business, to do this, to do that, to do whatever. So the best way of working out what that figure is, is you determine what is the value that I'm bringing these guys. Okay, the total value that I'm going to bring these guys and the total amount of time that it's going to take me, roughly work on a premise that you can charge a rate of, you know, and this is of course for every different amount of money, it's going to be different. You don't want to be taking a piss, but between the midst of 10 and 15%, 
amortized out to an hourly rate. Now, for different companies, it's going to cost different amounts. But this is the reason that someone like PwC, for example, might charge five grand per day per employee that they're um, <coughs> renting out to a company to use, a client. Because the value is justified in the job they're doing. And they're playing with such large numbers that that, that money doesn't you know concern them as much. So determining what you're going to charge someone should really start by understanding what is the value that I'm bringing and then how much is, 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 do I have to be able to do to determine that value to come about. So how long is it going to take me to produce that value? Now, you might be running a business where you've got a few different people working for you, and then you have to change the rate because the money coming in has to take care of all sorts of things from, you know, office equipment, um, travel needs. Travel's another one which you need to take into account. Are you amortizing that travel cost into your hourly rate across all of your clients, or are you allocating it on a per uh, case basis to some of your clients? It becomes much more complicated when you start to go a bit deeper into it. But if you still focus it from the from the perspective of what am I charging in terms of value and not time? So what do I perceive the value to be giving to these people as opposed to the time? You can do much better. You're going to have more confidence too because you're going to start to understand exactly how your value is determined in a broader sense. You're going to understand they're going to be a bit more nuanced than just one thing or another thing and it comes to have a bit more going to it. Now, this is really important to learn. You know, I think it's certainly very important to learn because value can be everything. And value is certainly everything in the instance of quoting a job. Right? This, this money is going to be important to you because this is what's going to be paying your bills. And you might not have a client um, in two clients' time. You might go through a patch where you can't find someone. And that, then we can talk about that in another podcast. We can talk about, you know, the work you have to put in to actually be able to turn in a profit and turnover. But the most key thing is that when you're quoting someone how much it's going to cost, you understand the direct value that they're getting out of it. Don't be greedy. Don't take the piss. But do not shortchange yourself. Okay, so here's a – I'm going to give another example of um, one of the first meetings I had with one of my first clients. Uh, and – I'll give you the, an example of the exact figures again because this is all really good stuff to be able to learn from and I would rather you guys didn't make this mistake. I'd rather you learn from my stuff ups. In fact, I think the best content that I can possibly give you is give you just a history of every cock up I've made and how you can learn from it and do better or how I learned from it, flipped it around, the lessons that come from that and then hopefully you can use it in your own path. You know, to, to, to whatever extent that you're doing, whatever you're doing. So um, I had found a connection with another potential client and I had a, a meeting booked to be able to shop my product. Same product, building algorithms and so forth. Now, there are two things that ended up happening here. Um, and in some ways it was positive, but overall, overall, I ended up cocking up and I'll explain this. So I've gone in and I've, I've said, look, I've got this algorithm I've written um, that's able to determine what your labor costs are going to be um, based on staff efficiency, the, the you know, displacement of work and tasks and efforts done in your bars. And it gives you a you know, platform to be able to determine whether or not you can operate efficient, efficiently at 25% of um, total, total revenue. 
So labor costs are, are no more than 25% of total, re- total revenue, which is the ideal thing. I mean, ideally you want to have around 20, but you know, in, in different industries, it can be a lot more difficult to make that happen. So uh, I've gone in there and I'm, I'm shopping, shopping the, uh, the proposal. And I thought, maybe I won't go via hourly rate this time. Maybe I won't go via hourly rate. Maybe I'll have an hourly rate as a contingency if there's more work over and above the agreed contract to be done. But I'll go for a set rate per task because, you know, I, I knew that I could do the task within a certain amount of time. Um, and I thought, well, if I can, you know, charge this much per task, then I'll be doing really well. So I set the price of each task. Um, which I knew would take me, you know, so, so long, like two weeks or something like that or three weeks. I set the price, price per task at, uh, I don't know, wasn't that? It was a bit longer than that. It would have taken me, you know, f- about a month per task um, at about $12,000. So that's what I was, you know, I had more confidence at this stage. I, I felt like I'd learned along the, uh, through dealing with a few different clients. And so I could go out there and, and com- confidently quote 12 grand per task. And the proof would be in the pudding. You know, I'd had clients where it's worked for. I felt pretty good about this. So in this meeting, get through the explanation. How much is it going to cost? 12 grand per algorithm. Um, and the guy who I was talking to was the CEO of the company. And, you know, pretty pretty experienced guy. He's probably um, in his mid to late 40s. Uh, so he's been around the block and he understands how negotiations can be managed. And <clears throat> he says to me, look, how about we do we start off and we test off this see how it goes we start with um, you know uh, I think what were we doing we're doing one venue or two venues one venue at nine thousand dollars with the contingency to do the rest of them so one algorithm with a contingency for a possible seven other algorithms which would have equaled, you know, a much larger price. <clears throat> I think, yeah, I think the way that we figured it out was it would have been, I don't know, uh, like at the end, like 50 grand or something or 60 grand, you know, it would have been a good number. And, and I was, I was, I was looking, I was so transfixed by the idea of potentially pulling in $60,000, you know, over a, over a five month period. Um, when I hadn't, when I'd, barely pulled in over $70,000 before this in a year, that to me it was like, wow, this is really, really good. This is going well, you know. If I do this one really well for $9,000, then I could get, you know, $60,000. That'd be fantastic. Bullshit. Because all that was actually there was $9,000. All I'd done was lower my price by $3,000. And... He'd asked me to do something else. He said, are you able to create this other thing, um, which was just a spreadsheet development of such and such and whatever, um, and do that for $9,000 as well. So to- total 18 grand over a certain amount of weeks for delivery. And then, you know, uh, and based on the quality of that, we, we go for the $60,000 after that. I thought, oh, 18 grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This sounds really, really good. Um, went away and thought about it, felt pretty good about it, and um, <clears throat> decided to go for it. It was probably one of the biggest lessons that I've ever learned because I, I did a, I did the job that I was meant to do, um, but there was no, there was no sixty thousand dollars because we'd only agreed to eighteen thousand dollars. So I'd been distracted by this 
possibility. You know, this inverted commas, this, oh, this might happen. But it was never actually there. It doesn't actually exist. Unless you've agreed to something with a client, it doesn't exist. So someone could say to you, hey, look, you know, if you do this job for five grand, then you're going to be in with a real chance to make $100,000. All you're doing is the job for five grand. That's a lesson. And as a young bloke, I completely lost sight of the value in my product. I dropped the price. I'd I'd save the guy $6,000 straight off the bat in the two jobs I'd said I would do. So I've dropped my price by, you know, 25% straight up. I'm doing 75% of the work with no guarantee of any further work. Like I lost out big time on that and I put so much here's the other thing I fucked up I put so much effort focusing into the possibility of having that extra money so much effort into that extra or that potential extra $60,000 that was never there that I didn't bother going out and trying to find another client so I'm I'm hoping that that's going to happen I'm hoping that I'm going to be at the end of that job and then I'm just going to step into this other job but it was never there. So I end up 25% out of the cost of the actual work and no client on the horizon. But that was, that, was, that was a really big lesson to learn because I had bills to pay. I had shit going on. I, like, you know, that stuff doesn't stop. That stuff doesn't stop at all. If you want to learn the value of running your own business and the need to constantly hustle, Find yourself in a situation where not only have you undersold yourself, but you've completely neglected to make sure that you are keeping clients coming in the door, that you make sure that you always got your eye on what's happening over the horizon. That's such an important lesson to learn. And I really hope that you don't make it. I really hope that you you think about this in any kind of conversation you go into. And you may not be running your own job. You may be negotiating for a, a raise in your salary. Let's say you've put in two years, you're good at what you do, you've determined that you bring a good value to this company. Let's say you make your company, I don't know, $400,000 a year and they're paying you 70 grand a year. And you've, in, you've increased over two years 25%. So you so you've performed exceptionally well in developing new business or whatever it is that you do. The value is there. The point is, and maybe it's not in a monetary sense. Maybe it's as the amount of work you get done, the value you're getting out of employees. Maybe you're in a HR situation. The point being, you have a determined value that is being done exercised very well. Think about that when you're when you're looking for a reason to have confidence. When you're looking for how do I approach the subject of a raise. Think about it that way. You have the value. How do I communicate it? You've got to be confident. You've got to have the confidence and you've got to understand exactly what you bring to that role, to that company. Not only that, but you've got to make sure that you can see what's coming on the horizon. You've got to make sure that you can see where is the next dollar going to come from. And I'll put it this way, I would rather burn myself for 18 hours a day making sure that I knew that I had money coming in, that I had clients coming in, and that I was not getting any anxiety about, because that'll cripple you, you know, if you don't have dollars coming in and you're just 
racking your brain at night because you're like, fuck, where's the next dollar coming in? You do not need that, especially if you've got student loans or if you've got a mortgage. I didn't even have a mortgage. I'm just talking about paying regular bills. No, but I shortchanged myself so hard and I, I was so confident, I saw my own ass that I had this extra money coming in that I completely neglected my job. I completely neglected that I was the only guy looking after me and I was the only guy who had to bring the money in. Okay, I think um, I think we can probably end on that today. Just keep it short and sweet because that's the key lesson. And I'd rather that you took something from that and you thought about that going to whatever it is that you're doing and you reflected on that, just that lesson that I had to learn because that's going to be, that's good stuff. That is actually good value for you. Watching someone else stuff up, I'm, I'm like the third sibling. I'm the youngest in my family. And I've been able to watch two other sibling stuff up. The amount of learning I do, you can do that in business too. Watching someone else make a mistake is a great learning opportunity. And it's worth heeding whatever they've got to say, no matter the size. Okay, guys, thanks for listening. See you next time.